You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to America's Web Radio. This is Ron Bachman, and you're listening to Healthcare Insight. For regular listeners to this program or this podcast, you'll know that we have not been talking about health care or health insurance reform for the last couple of months. And the reason is there's a more important issue that we need to be discussing. And we have been going over and over the slide of this country from Democrat, liberal, to progressivism, to socialism, and ultimately towards Marxism. And we have been exposing for a good while now by using Professor Stephen Hicks, a Marxist professor, the underlying theory and philosophy of teaching Marxism, of how that ideology has infiltrated our colleges and universities, it's trained journalists in that ideology, and the Marxist philosophy, as we have seen in previous uh, presentations, thinks of individuals as just being moldable into whatever you sort of dump into their brains, that they can't think for themselves. And if you just create a culture that over and over again reminds them of the evils of whatever system they're in, creates chaos and points to all the problems. And we've even had the the very open confession that Marxism is not about truth. It's about tearing down whatever exists, about creating victims that get so enraged that they want to tear down the system. And so today what I want to do is I want to take that a next step. I want to go from the theories of Marxism and how it's been sort of working away as termites, if you will, into this vast country established on freedom and liberty and personal property, pursuit of happiness, capitalism, that that system is being undermined over and over again by this Marxist ideology. So I want to talk about a new book that is out by Mark Levine. And many of you know the name Mark Levine. Many of you may watch his program on Sundays on Fox News. And he has written a new book called American Marxism. And that's really what our recent presentations and broadcasts have been about, to explain to our audience what's going on with this Marxist ideology. Now, what Mark Levine has done is he's brought it all together and you'll hear him talk about some of the same things we've been talking about for the last several months that he has put into a book. But the real purpose of why I want to bring forth some of his thoughts again and interview him from one of his presentations over the weekend and to be able to comment and summarize some of the things he said and connect them back to some of the things we've been talking about is that what he does, he, he really talks more about where we are as a country and how in the world did we get here? And then also, what are some of the solutions to sort of back up from all this and get back to where we were as an American country, as a country we can be proud of that is solving solutions, bringing people together? Because 
Most of this country is not racist. They're not socialist. And they're certainly not Marxist. But it doesn't take many people of a certain ideology to get into positions of power to push this country in a direction that nobody ever thought possible. So I want to talk first and ask Mark to explain why he's talking about American Marxism. Is it just to be sure that we can all identify the enemy that we're really facing? And it's a real enemy. So Mark, what's the real purpose of your book? It's intended to explain. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? First of all, whether it's a political operation or a military operation or a business plan or anything else, we need to know who our enemy is. Well, Mark, the word enemy is a pretty uh, strong word. Why do you think that we need to identify the opposition, especially the political opposition, the media opposition, journalists, Hollywood? Why do we want to call them the enemy? Now, I don't say political adversary. I don't say opponents. These are people who want to take down this country, and they are well along the way. And we see this. It's not just critical race theory. It's so many other aspects of our institutions. Our traditions are under attack. So, Mr. Levine, what you're really saying is your book is a call to action, that we are in such desperate times, and it's not hyperbole. This is a time when Americans really need to stand up for their country. So give us a few examples of why you think so passionately that we are in these desperate times and we need to start using clear, definitive, pointed words around what we need to do and who our enemy really is. Things that you would never believed in your lifetime you would hear or see are in executive orders, are being pushed in these massive omnibus bills that Congress is pushing. You turn on the television, you hear this propaganda where the media is basically the mouthpiece for these various movements. I said, i got to look into this. You know, I've written a lot of books, and this doesn't smell right. Uh, I used to call this statism. Mm -hmm. People called it progressivism. The truth is it's Marxism. These are hybrid forms of Marxism. These are Americanized forms of Marxism tailored to our country, tailored to our system. So it's not pure Marxism in every technical sense, but it's Marxism. Mark, can you give us some very specific examples of how Marxism has infiltrated the general public, the media, uh, corporate acceptance? Uh, give us a specific example, if you will. Black Lives Matter is a perfect example. Yeah. These are Marxists. They say they're Marxists. They founded it. You read their original mission statement. It, it is, they're filled with Marxist uh, arguments. It's anti-American. It's anti-Semitic. It is uh, anti-capitalism. It's like the so-called Green New Deal. It's not a Green New Deal or climate change, which used to be, you know, Climate cooling, climate warming, climate change. They finally found a phrase that they feel they can use. This is an anti-capitalist degrowth movement, which is exactly why the first act that President Biden took was to shut down an oil pipeline, which wasn't causing pollution or anything else. Mm -hmm. So given your concern and the focus of your book is on American Marxism and what's happening in this country, why do you think the the... Democratic Party, the leftists, the progressives, the socialists, whatever name you want to put them, and you're calling them American Marxists, why did they want to shut down 
the Keystone Pipeline and affect our energy independence, our energy supply. So of course they're going to attack energy. Energy is what provides and serves the engine of our economic system. It makes everything else possible in this country. You control energy, you control the so-called environment, you control the budget, you control the constitutional system, you control everything. You know, Mark, the audience uh, of this program has been listening to the presentations on Marxism, particularly by uh, Professor Stephen Hicks, who has been very open and given us his perspective on teaching Marxism, of brainstorming, of of propagandizing, of training a new generation, and following what Ronald Reagan used to say, that how we teach our young people will be how we are governed, so that we are only one generation away from losing our liberties. And that's why it seems to have occurred so fast. But we also know from the previous programs that we put on that Marxism is about chaos. It's about promoting any of the problems and issues of our existing society in order to create a population, a class of people who are so upset with their victimization, with the problems of racism, with all the issues that they face, that they are angered so much as to rise up against the existing system, the capitalist system, the free market system, the the liberties, the freedoms that we have, and to overthrow it and put in Marxism, which by their own self-admission also means that you have to have a dictatorship to get rid of the people who may be remaining that are against that kind of government. And we know that the history has been to kill those people, whether it was Stalin, Lenin, Mao, Pol Pot, or whatever, and I know you'll get into that probably later anyway, but Marxism has failed so many ways and so many times, and its philosophy of just saying everything's going to be great and wonderful after we take over and purge society of all these people who don't agree with us, eliminate free speech, eliminate God, that we're they're going to have this perfect world. But we know it doesn't work. So why does it persist as a possibility and as a growing movement, even in the United States of America? It's a very good question. I've thought about this, and I discuss it a little bit in the book. Uh, there have been so many books written about Marx, including my books have talked about Marx, too. I think there's a couple of reasons for this. I think as a general matter, there are two groups that are attracted to Marx. People who do not take responsibility for their own lives, so they can blame society, they can be viewed by themselves as victims, as oppressed, um, so there's really no personal responsibility or personal accountability. They have no real connection to society. Uh, and so they project that onto us. Mm-hmm. People, so people who are successful need to be dragged down. Uh, people who are happy need to be sad. Uh, people who are, uh, who are productive need to be less productive. And that's what Marx is about. Destroy what is, mm-hmm. destroy what was, reject the past history, because it's all um, it's all anti-humanism. The world begins today. I understand that sort of sheep um, identification. There's people that go along to get along, and and uh, they can be directed where they want to go. But what's the second group? Because I think that may be the most important one for us to focus on. And then there's another group: power-hungry people, fanatics, uh, who use liberty to destroy liberty. 
And these are diabolical people. And many of them are tenured professors. Other of them are mouthpieces on television and radio. Some of them are elected from the state of Vermont. You know, people like that. Uh, and they think they know how a country should work, despite all the examples of how horrendous and inhumane Marxism and its, and its offshoots have been, 100 million dead and God knows how many billions enslaved. You know, it just wasn't done the right way. Uh, I just think it is fanaticism. So it's anti-God, mm-hmm. anti-faith. They don't see a higher power. They see government as the power, and it's all about power. Mark, this has been a fast start to an important topic. I want to continue on this, but we've got to take a quick break for commercial. But thank you so much for your clarity on what's developing as American Marxism that is moving far too fast in this country for what I think is the majority of the people. But we have a few people in power that you're talking about that just want to increase their level of power. So I want to come back and I want to talk about the politics of all this when we return. So we'll be right back. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded. on. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. This is Ron Bachman, and today we are talking uh, with Mark Levine about his new book, American Marxism. Now, what I've taken is a number of clips from his program and have sliced and diced it, and I'm asking him questions and commenting on his comments so that our audience can hear a very important message about this movement in our country that's well past democratic, well past liberalism, well past progressivism, and even is well past socialism, that we are moving closer and closer to Marxist complete influence within the powers of our government, whether it's in uh, Congress, whether it's in the CIA or the FBI, but clearly the Democratic Party is accommodating, if not embracing, many of these ideas that are leading us towards a socialist uh, country, at least that's what they think, but what they don't fully appreciate unless they step back, and it's awfully hard to self-analyze for them, it actually is leading towards what Marxists want. The socialist movement is what some might refer to, and we've talked about in previous sessions, as being an evolutionary process away from capitalism and the evils of, of racism and 
um, uh, disparity of incomes and all those things that the left likes to point to as to why our current system uh, needs to change. Well, Marxists take it one step further as being accommodated and they're partners in this process because the Marxists, once the socialists make the movement on an evolutionary basis, will grab this movement into their revolution. That is why people are not really talking about how do we solve things like uh, systemic poverty. Instead, we talk about systemic racism. What about systemic poverty? Why don't we take on the issue of inner cities, not just from an economic standpoint, but from a moral standpoint, that we have we have put too many people, millions of people, into this generational cycle of poverty. We have put them in a place and have told them they cannot get out of it because of racism, of white supremacy. So I want to spend the next few minutes here talking about the Democratic Party and how and why they seem to be embracing this movement towards socialism, which is very likely to get us in position to where the Marxists will ultimately try to take over because they're more vicious. They're more intent on this revolution for complete control and complete power. And it's that issue of driving for greater and greater power that is driving the Democratic Party, the socialists, and the Marxists as rowing in the same direction. So, Mark, tell us about your perspective of the today's Democratic Party and this obsession with just focusing on more and more power. When you look at the Democrat Party today, it reflects this ideology strongly and aggressively. It's all about power. They don't want to change the voting laws because the concerned black people can't vote. I don't know where all these people are who couldn't vote. Where are they? What are their names? Where are their lawsuits? They'll never voting right answer. No, there, there aren't any. Uh, in the United States, it's easier to vote than any other country on the face of the earth. So they'll use race, they'll use racism and so forth. But what is it? What is the Democrat Party trying to do? It's trying to have permanent control. Mm-hmm. It wants to turn red states into blue states. If you nationalize the election process, then you nationalize the power of the Democrat Party. Well, Mark, you know, in the past we've had the blue dog Democrats, you had Democrats like Scoop Jackson, you had Democrats like Sam Nunn, and you had many others that were considered moderate Democrats that were looking out for the interests of the country uh, with a tinge, obviously, of their own state interests and their own self-interest in many ways. But you had patriots. What you're really saying now is that the current Democratic Party is trying to overthrow the normal functions of this country, the normal institutions of this country in favor of something that we have no idea where it's going. But what we do know is the history of socialism and Marxism is not good. So give me some examples of why and how you think the Democratic Party has become so radicalized and some actions that they've taken to sort of prove that point. Does the Democrat Party care about the country? No. Now, why do I say that? It attacks the economic system. Mm -hmm. It attacks the independence of the judiciary. It wants to pack the Supreme Court, pack the United States Senate. It likes the Electoral College when it wins. It wants to destroy it when it loses. Open borders. The only explanation for open borders is twofold. One, to import Democrats. We know two-thirds of the people who come over the southern border 
if they become citizens, vote Democrat. Yeah. The outrageous inhumanity of their ideology. It's all about power and politics. Okay, so that's a quick summary of your views on the Democratic Party and, and some of the elected officials in Congress. What about, what about the presidency? What about President Joe Biden? What is your thinking about him in supporting and accepting and sort of going along, if nothing else, if not actively promoting this whole idea of socialism that leads to Marxism? Joe Biden doesn't care about what's going on the border. He doesn't even take the time to go down to see what's going on on the border, to see if his policies are working. He pretends they're not. When you look at the attack on our economic system and our energy system, what's that all about? Is that, does that make sense? Because clean air, clean water, we have the cleanest air and clean water of any industrialized society on the face of the earth. This isn't about polar bears. This is about restructuring our society so the centralized government and the bureaucracy and the Democrat Party are in control. If this is not an American form of Marxism, then what the hell is it? Well, Mark, how did we get here so fast? As I mentioned earlier, there have been patriotic Democrats as well as Republicans that could work together. I mean, Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill worked together even though they had different ideologies, but they were both interested in the United States as a country, and we're both patriotic, trying to work together and find common ground. I mentioned several others earlier. So how does this happen so fast? And how is the Democratic Party moving so rapidly to get to where they are such an extremist party that really doesn't represent the Democratic Party of not too long ago, whether it was Bill Clinton saying that the era of big government is over with. And that was, you know, just a little over 20 years ago. And now here we are with Bernie Sanders and AOC and Marxist, social Democrats, socialists running too much of our government. So how did it change so fast? They're cleansing their party. They're purifying their party. That's what they do. Now, unlike other regimes where they actually go out and kill people who disagree with mm-hmm. them within the party. Stalin was very good at that. Mao was very good at that. Castro, they're all good at that. Pol Pot. Um, I'm not comparing us to that. I say it's American Marxism. But they're cleansing the party. So you have a, like a couple of so-called moderates in the Senate. They're not even moderates. They don't know what they are. <laughs> you have a cinema. You have mansion. They're, they're trying to drag them into the system. Uh, you notice that there's, I can't even think of a time when the Democrat Party wasn't marching in the same direction, where all the members aren't marching in exactly the same direction. It's really rare when, it, when, when, that, when that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you had people run for the House who claimed to be moderates. They all voted for Pelosi. Yep. They all stepped in line. They all voted to impeach uh, Donald Trump twice, pretty much, other than one. So to answer your question, it's... It's been building for decades and decades, but it's come to a head now. Let me jump in here. I think that it has come to a head now. And previous programs that we've done, previous people that we've interviewed on this program, this podcast, have indicated that it is the professors and universities have been training this current generation and have been propagandizing them. I've been packing their heads with the idea of socialism and Marxism, and they have self-admitted that. They have explained that truth doesn't matter, that it's all about chaos and destruction and conflict within the population 
and trying to point out all the flaws of our current system so that this new generation will rise up as revolutionaries and change the system, even though there's no replacement that has proven itself to be any better than what we have. So what's your take on all of this? Year after year, the indoctrination in colleges and universities, you see what's happened in journalism. Journalism has changed completely. It's always been liberal, but now it's out of the closet. People you see on CNN and MSNBC and even on the big networks would never have made it 30, 40 years ago. You would have had responsible executives who would have said, okay, look, cut it out. I know we feel this, and I know this is our way, but we're destroying our brand as a, uh, as a free press. Yeah. So, so we do not have a free press. We have a free opinion, uh, if you're a leftist, uh, but we don't have a press. We have propaganda mills, and that's why I spent a lot of time in the book also talking about the New York Times. Well, I couldn't agree more with you. That is the educational system, and we've seen that in many of our previous programs and research, and our media, our journalists, so-called journalists, uh, that have uh, really turned against the American people and promoting now propaganda and really being the spokesperson for one side of the ideological spectrum, and not just being a Democratic spokesperson, but being an apologist for socialism, communism, Marxism, as we see that they've been fairly silent about what's going on in Cuba. Now, because these types of movements sometimes start with a single person that can have untold influence, outsized influence, tell us about the person named John Dewey, who seems to have had an enormous amount of influence as a thought leader of this Marxist movement, somebody who has ideas and books and writings have been picked up by teachers and journalists and educators across the country and now has seeped into our political so-called elite class. Tell us about this individual and the damage that he has done in promoting Marxism. John Dewey was one of the original cabals of intellectual progressives, as they named themselves. Mm -hmm and enormously influential. He destroyed public education. Uh, he went to Moscow in 1928 when Stalin was in full form, and he observed the classrooms, and he observed what was going on, and he liked it. And he said, this is very, very good because we're teaching our children not to be individuals or individualistic, but to, but to support a common interest, mm -hmm. to support the communal. And Stalin was doing a fantastic job of this. Um, and uh, he comes back to the United States. He brags about it. He writes a piece in the New Republic. And interestingly enough, Pete, one of the people who, who well, several of the people who like what John uh, Dewey was writing were all these school administrators. Mm -hmm. And so he wrote prolifically. John Dewey's impact affects our schools today and actually affects journalism today. Uh, and he, uh, he rejected um, the Declaration of Independence. He rejected the Constitution because the Declaration of Independence makes abundantly clear that this nation was founded on a belief of God and faith. You cannot be a Marxist or Marxist light, a progressive, and believe in faith in God because your faith is in government. Mm -hmm. Your faith is in man and only certain men, only yourself and people who agree with you. 
Well, Mark, this is a fascinating discussion and a reinforcement of the many lessons that we've learned over the past few weeks about Marxism. Let's come back and complete the story of American Marxism after this commercial break. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. Again, this is Ron Bachman, and you're on Healthcare Insight. And for those who have been listening, who those who have been following, we probably need to change the name of this program because while I desire to get back as quickly as possible to talking about healthcare, health insurance, health reform, that's just not possible in today's world in this United States. We have too many people pushing us towards socialism, Marxism, and that's where I have taken this program to try to address those underlying issues that are affecting our ability to get back to free market solutions. I can't talk about health care right now when it is the marketplace that is being destroyed by the socialist ideals, by the socialist in power in Congress. Our president is encouraging and supporting in many ways the socialist slash Marxist approaches to our economy, to our rig- way of living, to our institutions. And so I'm interviewing Mark Levine, who's written this book on American Marxism. And he outlines specifically how this is a different form, but parallels all of the aspects of traditional Marxism. It's not the rich against the poor. It's not the black against the white. It's the power versus the powerless in this society and the interest of the Democratic Party, of the socialist Marxists, to try to create a divide in this country whichever way they can. Today it's on class or race, whether it's uh, a, a fight over sexism and homophobia and all those things that create the conflicts and chaos within our country. They will take any conflict they can find, exaggerate it, and point to the problems that this is a system, a country, an ideology of capitalism that just is not going to work for everybody, and it needs to be replaced with socialism slash Marxism, where somebody smarter and better can have the power to actually enforce whatever they want to have happen. Yeah, dictatorships are great for the person at the top. He can get done whatever he wants to get done, whether it's right or wrong. Our system of government means we have to compromise, we work along, we got problems, but we fix them. The fix can be short-term, can be long-term, but this country has done more to improve the lot of lives 
than any other system that's ever been established in this world. So, Mark, tell us again, sort of to set the stage for this next segment, what is the purpose of your book and this whole discussion that we're talking about today? It's about American Marxism, the problem we have in this country, and having the guts and the willingness to call it what it is and to explain what it is and to defend our liberty because we've reached a point. We've reached a point where we're going to either live in a free society or we're not. Well, that's as good a summary as any for the purpose of both this program, the podcast, and your book, because that's exactly what we're trying to do. Raise that alarm for anybody who might be listening, for anybody who might be in a position of power or influence to try to stop this train that's driving us down into the abyss as you've described it. So as we move in this direction, give us a little bit more background, for example, on free speech, how Marxists... Uh, think about free speech in our as part of our Bill of Rights. What's your thoughts there? That's one of the reasons why the First Amendment's under attack and free speech is under attack. Marxists don't want debate. They don't want ideas. They are self-righteous. They're self-aggrandizing. They wish to impose their attitude on people. It's the same with education. We talk about academic freedom. There is no academic freedom. It's more indoctrination today than ever before. And people, oddly, thanks to the virus who were watching the classrooms on their monitors, sitting next to their kid or looking over their shoulder, suddenly became familiar with critical race theory Mm -hmm. because they saw what their kids were being taught. It was like, oh, my God, (laughs) what is going on in this classroom here? Or transgenderism has become a movement. You're teaching my 8-year-old about transgenderism. You're teaching my 8-year-old if they're black, that they they have no hope because they're black and and they're... and, and, and racism, you're mm-hmm. teaching a white kid that they have no hope uh, because of uh, all that's occurred in the past and it's their fault and so forth. This is the sort of thing John Dewey would be very proud of. The early progressives are proud of. Okay, so we understand Marxism. We understand their willingness to go along with many of the socialist programs so that ultimately Marxism is the end result. But let me ask you about and I use this term uh, with full intent, the true blue Democrats, they stick together, they're voting for this. Why do you pin it on the Democratic Party to a large degree? Do you know the single prominent Democrat who's criticized this? Joe Biden has signed executive orders supporting critical race theory. Why? Why? Because they're the American form of Marxists. Mm -hmm. They're not progressives, quote-unquote. They're not democratic socialists. They're not all these ambiguous terms that they assign to themselves. They conduct themselves the same way. They're not as aggressive. You know, they're not as complete. I didn't call the book Marxism. I called it American. If you look at the Democrat Party today, you look at the media today, you look at academia today, they're not promoting freedom. They're promoting the opposite. They're not promoting uh, debate. They're crushing debate. Uh, They don't believe in the uh, constitutional system where you win some and you lose some and you play by the rules. They want to destroy the constitutional system. And if you read what these people write and if you read what these people say, it's no surprise. So these Marxist ideologues talk about this great and wonderful world that's going to be created, but it never occurs to look at history to see what's going on. It never occurs to take a look at some of their policies that they have implemented 
to move us even in this direction that have failed. They always seem to find an excuse that they didn't quite do it right, that somebody else is to blame. So are the Marxist socialists, these people in power today making some of these crazy decisions, are they ever held accountable? No. Um, look, look, at the, look at the war on the cops. We heard about defunding the police, then slashing their budgets. We saw it with our own two eyes. We saw what these Democrats did in these cities. We saw that Joe Biden sat there on his hands. Mm -hmm. We saw Kamala Harris supporting it openly. We see the Democrat Party um, and, and the Marxist wing of the Democrat Party, which is becoming the Democrat Party. They promoted this sort of thing. It actually happened. And other blaming Republicans for not voting for trillions of dollars in government spending and reorganizing our society and our economy because some of that money could have been used to help cops. Let me remind people <laughs> of something. The issue with the cops wasn't whether or not there was enough money. They slashed the budgets. Mm -hmm. In New York, they took over a billion dollars away from the cops. So it wasn't if the Republicans don't vote at the federal level to give us money, they won't have enough money for the cops. They took the budgets they had for the cops and they slashed them. So you see the consequences of this American Marxist movement. BLM pushed this. AOC pushed this. The Democrat Party embraced it. We have dead people. They have blood on their hands. And what do they do? They blame somebody else. What I hear you saying is we need to know what's actually happening and call it by what it is and not sort of downplay this or just say, well, we'll just wait till the next election and we're going to take over this sort of swinging pendulum. That what's really happening is we're kind of that old frog in the pot where uh, we got in when it was lukewarm and it felt good and the temperature keeps rising up and we're being boiled and we don't even know it. Because we're just not paying close enough attention. People want to live their lives. They want to be with their families. They want to do their job. They want to be able to be financially secure. And under all, underneath all of this, the Marxists know that politics is really the core. Get control of that. Just like George Soros funding district attorneys around this country who will not prosecute, who let looters and thieves and people who are attacking other people with guns and knives and let them out of jail. The no bail proposals that are going on that allow people to go in, commit a crime, go in and come out and commit more crimes. So we have to call it by what it is. And I think that's the purpose uh, that I get out of your book. It's really a call to action, right? We need to confront this. We need to know exactly what we're confronting. We need to use the proper words. We need to start unraveling this piece by piece. Hey, folks, let me tell you what's going on. A little deeper than the surface level. We see things. We talk about things. Then we kind of walk away from it. If we walk away from this, we're walking away from our country, our children, and our grandchildren. This is a call for action. This is a cause for alarm. We need to spread the word. Each and every one of you need to be the Paul Revere's out there. That's our strength. We have strength in numbers and communities and neighborhoods, church groups and temple groups, baseball fields and so forth. That's who we are. Red-blooded Yanks, Americans. That's our strength. So what I'm hearing you say is that the socialists may be those useful idiots that Lenin, Stalin talked about that kind of lead everybody to this Marxist society. Why do you think the Democratic Party and the Marxist theory want to use race and class and all these divisions in order to divide us 
as we try to build a country for everyone. Because the Marxist has decided to use whatever they possibly can in America, a free country, and so they look for things to exploit. And so race is, is beautiful to exploit in this country, given our history, given the battles we had from the Civil War all the way up. And so um, they developed this theory, Stanford Law School, Harvard Law School, a guy by the name of Derek Bell. Mm-hmm. And he stole it or, mod- or, or modified it from a Marxist by the name of uh, Marcuse, who came out of Berlin, the so-called Franklin School, and they developed critical theory which started in our law schools. And that critical theory basically says all law is written by the dominant culture. So victims, those who are oppressed, minorities, they can't get a fair break because the dominant culture writes the law. And so the law is unjust. Well, you must have been listening to Professor Stephen Hicks that we've done the last few weeks because he's saying Marxists want everything torn down and replaced. That's what they're really trying to do. So give us a few more words to wrap up this session about what Marxists are really trying to do to tear apart this country. That's exactly right. Um, and so Bell took this Harvard said, Law. Harvard Law, let's apply this to race. And so everything in this society has to be seen through the lens of race. And when you look through the lens of race, he says, what you see is white supremacy, a white dominant society from the very, very beginning. Uh, So our economic system, our legal system, our culture is built on this this white dominant, white supremacy model. And so um, either you reject it or you acknowledge it, but it has to be destroyed. Well, I hope our audience is listening closely because you are saying exactly what we've heard from other sources about what the intent of Marxism is, not just people who are against Marxism, but people who are for Marxism saying exactly what you're saying, that the current system has to be picked apart, the flaws in it exaggerated, truth distorted, in order to create a revolution to tear down what we have all been brought up under the capitalist system, the American free enterprise, uh, liberty, freedom, um, pursuit of happiness. Let's take a quick break, and I want to come back, and I want to continue this discussion with Mark Levine about American Marxism. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
Well, welcome back to America's Web Radio for our final session this week on Healthcare Insight. And as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, I will repeat over and over again for the next several weeks and what I have said in the past several weeks, we are not talking about healthcare or health insurance or health reform. We are talking about the changing nature of this country towards Marxism, socialism, call it what you will, postmodernism, all those terms have been used to try to distort what's actually happening in this country. So today we're interviewing and taking segments of an interview from Mark Levine and his new book on American Marxism. And we're, we have been talking about in the last session, I want to continue this session of understanding more about how this movement has taken such hold in this country so rapidly. I mean, we were just under a presidency, Donald Trump, and we seem to be moving towards freedom and liberty, America first, and reinforcing uh, our institutions, uh, getting new judges in place, getting rid of regulations. Uh, big governments seem to be over, and in just six months or so, since the election of of uh, Joe Biden, we seem to be moving in exactly the opposite direction. So I want to take a look at the history again as to how we got here and why this ideology now has so much influence that's been waiting on the sidelines just to grab power. And they seem to have done that in any way that they can. So, Mark, give us a little bit more of the history and background and some of the individuals that have been involved in promoting this radical ideology. So these are what I call these these American Marxist movements that have been spawned from Marxism. Marcuse could not understand how it is that Hitler was able to rise and the communists were not after the uh, the Weimar Republic fell. Uh, and he was a communist. Mm-hmm. So he flees Berlin, comes to the United States, and spews his Marxism, wrote many books, uh, he was a tenure professor in at least three Ivy League colleges where he pushed this agenda. He trashed America every step of the way, and his writings, particularly one of his books, caught the eye of people who we now call the New Left, from the New Left movement. Students for a Democrat Action, uh, the Weather Underground. Hmm. He's considered the founding father of the New Left movement, but he's also the founding father of critical theory, which is the basis of critical race theory. I know what the history is. It's like Patton in North Africa when he defeated Rommel, and he said, Rommel, I read your book. Well, I read Marcuse's books. I read what Bell wrote. And, you know, the great Thomas Saul was on to Bell. He had no respect for him. He thought he was an intellectual lightweight. Bell's ideology was considered fringe at the time, not to be taken seriously. Now it's being taught to our elementary school students mm-hmm. and others. It is an anti-American, anti-capitalism, pro-Marxist ideology. And if anybody doesn't believe it, read it, because they tell us this. Now they're trying to play games with their propagandists in the media, at MSNBC and CNN. This is what the Republicans are doing. They don't want to teach slavery. Who doesn't want to teach slavery? They don't understand. We Republicans eliminated slavery. (laughs) It was the Democrats who promoted slavery. So again, you're reinforcing this whole idea that so much of this Marxist ideology, the socialist ideology, comes from the teachings that our children are exposed to. And as they become adults and take positions of responsibility in government and business and whatever politics or positions of power they might have, they have been steeped in this by their educational system that has packed their heads with propaganda. 
So tell us a little bit more about your thoughts on professors and the teaching of our of our children over and over again, and sometimes not so much when their children might think when they're in elementary school, but it really started with the college level, and now it's working its way down to the younger age kids. Give us your thoughts on this area. The faculty in these universities are incestuous. They are responsible for hiring each other. Uh, in a book I wrote, Plunder and Deceit, I went back and I looked at uh, the faculty are involved of hiring people who they know from the same university, so it's very incestuous. Mm-hmm. You get this propaganda, you get this indoctrination. That's why we really don't have uh, academic freedom. So some of them are that way. But there's also a woman who I quote there who is iconic in the Marxist or neo-Marxist movement, as they call it. And she wrote a lot about how we teach Marxism in our colleges, and Americanizing how we do this. So, Mark, these professors just continue to pick away at the wounds of our past, not recognizing the advances and the changes we've made. They make it sound like everybody is racist, that everybody is either an oppressor or a victim, and they create this turmoil, this this chaos within our society uh, that is absolutely destroying us. So is that what you're saying is happening with this Marxist uh, movement that's going on, this American Marxism? But here's the deal. Every human being is imperfect. Every society is imperfect. What Marxism does is it creates the fantasy of a perfect world where everybody's equal. Uh, and uh, after the Russian Revolution, Lenin famously said, okay, Marx tells us how to take over. He doesn't tell us how to rule. How are we going to get this worker's paradise? And so in order to get the worker's paradise, you have to kill people. You need to destroy people. You need to destroy their careers. You cannot have free speech. You cannot have competition. You cannot have open debate. If you're going to compel people to live in a society, all kinds of individuality, Mm -hmm. independent thinking, all that kind of stuff has to go. We see it playing out today in Cuba. Mm -hmm. These are police states. It is a fancy ideology and a fancy name. For, for, for tyrants and totalitarians. These are police states. And that is exactly what's being proposed in this country. Well, this audience learned from Professor Hicks a couple of weeks ago that there is an in-between step between the revolution and the governing structure of Marxism. And that is what he called a Marxist dictatorship. So that you have to get rid of people. You have to get rid of the capitalist thoughts that might be in people's heads. You have to get rid of anything and anybody who believes or was steeped in the old society, the old ideologies, so that they don't corrupt what the Marxists are teaching the new generation. So that's what um, Professor Hicks said. It fits in exactly with what you're saying. Now, give me some examples. I know it always starts off small and just grows and grows and gives more government power. But give me some examples of what you see today as sort of beginning to open that door of the government actually coming in and telling people exactly what they need to do and using the force of the federal government uh, to control people's lives. The Biden administration is going door to door trying to force people to get vaccines. We've never done this in this country. The Biden administration wants big tech to monitor texts to see if people are putting out information with which the administration disagrees. The Biden administration is working with a compliant Facebook and big tech to do what? To silence anybody who doesn't agree with government policy. 
It is happening now in front of us. Mm. We need to know exactly what's going on. We have to put away the, the facade that this is just liberalism yep. or leftism or social activism. Call it what, what it is. Make sure our fellow citizens at least have an opportunity to know what it is and then do something about it. Mark, I hear you about understanding and learning and getting educated on these topics and then doing something about it. For the regular person out there who doesn't think about politics every day, just going about their life, they rely an awful lot on the media. So let's turn towards the media and what they focus on, because what they focus on typically drives public opinion and ultimately government actions. So tell me about your thoughts about the media and journalism and where we are today and why the media and journalism doesn't pick up on all this and try to push back as they would have decades ago. And this is part of the problem, the media in this country. What are the media in this country? We do not have a, an objective press in this country, and there's reason for this. It's called public journalism. Now, what is public journalism? It sounds so sweet, like progressivism. Great, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing as progressivism. It's the same thing as this American Marxism. There was a time ago where journalists sought to be objective, where journalists sought to provide the news. You can't be perfectly objective. I mean, there's some uh, uh, subjective uh, view that goes into picking what the news is. But that's different. At least you're trying to do the right thing. They've given that up. If you watch Chuck Todd on the Sunday shows or George Stephanopoulos, or you look who they hire as news people, mostly Democrats, but definitely uh, leftists. It's, it's abundantly clear. The last five years, Donald Trump exposed it completely. They exposed themselves mm-hmm. completely. They're still doing it completely. The way they cover up for Biden, the way they push the, the Marxist or Democrat Party radical agenda. They never talk about what it is exactly that the Democrats are proposing when it comes to the vote. That is destroying the voting franchise is what they're proposing. So there's an entire ideology that's been at work for decades and still is. It's called public journalism. Let me jump in here, Mark. Um, that's an interesting concept, public journalism. I've not heard that term before. Tell our audience, because I think it's really important, what public journalism is and how that's different from what we used to see in the past around journalism. And what it means is we journalists are citizens, too. And we can't just report on what's going on. We have to provide a context for it. Remember Dewey about yes. the schools? Yep. We can't just teach math and science. There's got to be a social agenda. They love Dewey. They talk about Dewey. He has an enormous influence in journalism schools today, as he does in education schools today. And the point is, it's an excuse for advancing the radical agenda, which is why, almost to a man and woman, they tried to destroy Donald Trump. They badmouthed his supporters. They tried to destroy Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. and badmouth his supporters. They're silent, if not celebratory. Uh, with the Democrat control of the House and the Senate. They promote AOC. So the point is, they're pushing an agenda. They're taught to push an agenda. They come out of the Democrat Party, for the most part, pushing an agenda. And that's one of the reasons the country's in such horrific shape. Mark, we've only got a few minutes left. Would you give us a summary of what you want the rest of the country to do to try to fight this American Marxism that you've outlined and detailed and expressed so vividly and have highlighted the dangers and the dangerous areas that we are embarking on. What do you say we should do? I'll put it succinctly. There's hundreds of thousands, there's millions of us who are concerned about where this country's going. 
We need to spread the word. We need to explain what's going on beyond the surface level, beyond sound bites. We can do this. We are smart. We are the American people. Whether you're an electrician or a plumber or a trucker, whether you build homes, whether you're a painter, whether you're a lawyer or a doctor or everything in between, we are red-blooded Americans. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican or an independent. I don't care if you're a libertarian or a moderate. None of it matters. If you love America and you want to save America and you care about your kids and future generations, we must galvanize and rally. I don't know how else to say it. If you love your country, then stand for your country. Mark, I want to give a personal thanks to you and a thanks from our audience, our loyal listeners here who will carry your message forward and try to um, arrest this movement towards Marxism. We appreciate your thoughts. Everybody in this audience ought to go out and buy the book, American Marxism by Mark Levine, and listen to his radio program on the Fox Network on weekends usually on Sundays. So, Mark, thank you very much for being on our program today and letting me ask questions and comment on what you have done uh, many times before on your program. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.